Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Preston, pre-owned inventory as well. With great deals to be had, great trade-in values. Also, a fabulous sales staff and a service department that's second to none to back all of this up. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Play-by-play call of the day, Odubu Herrera. Let's do a backflip for a fly out the center. Muncie. And a swing and a drive, a bad trip from Herrera. Bellinger goes back, and he makes the catch at the wall. Odubel Herrera, apparently the wind gusted in. He thought he got one, but he didn't, and it's a one-run game. Never assume a bat flip equals home run. Welcome Odubel back, right there. Auditioning for the key room heroes. He flipped it and thought it was gone, and Bellinger didn't even get to the wall. Oh, man. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. And joined by my good friend and, uh, I hate to say, former broadcast partner, uh, Matt McGloin. Matt, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hey, Steve. What's going on, man? I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's great to have you. Let's talk about Let's get the, right away into the podcast that you and Tom Hannafin are doing. Uh, Hannafin has had to overcome the fact that he took my class, uh, but he's carved out a great career in spite of it. Uh, just a little bit about the, the, how the two of you have put this together and some of the areas you want to cover. Yeah, right. So we're doing uh, our podcast is called the Pater Podcast. You know, we're we're, we're partnered up with the uh, Believe Podcast Network. Uh, the podcast will drop uh, every Monday morning at nine a.m. Eastern Time. And, and Steve, yeah, we'll be talking all things Big Ten football and all things Big Ten, uh, big, you know, things Big Ten football and all things Penn State football. Um, you know, uh, this is obviously something that you know I've been uh, talking about and. and for a while now here with, with Sirius XM, ESPN, you Big Ten Radio. So, I mean, uh, I think this is a fantastic opportunity for for, for Tom and I right now, um, again, to kind of try to, you know, let the people know, you know, what we're talking about on a, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, of, again, about Penn State football and about Big Ten football. Um, you know, so, you know, when the, when the Believe Podcast Network reached out to me, you know, they're like, we want you to do a Big Ten podcast. We want you to do a Penn State football podcast. And, you know, my response was, okay, yeah, so let me, you know, pick the co-host. I want to be able to pick the co-host. And I knew Tom had recently parted ways with, with WWE. Obviously, uh, Tom and I had kept in touch ever since he was a guest on my old podcast. Right. Um, you know, and, and I just thought that both of our perspectives, obviously myself, a former player, and Tom, a former student who – had been in the crowd and you know, been in the student section um, at Penn State. I thought we would be able to mesh really well together here. 
um, about Penn State football and talk about you know Big Ten football. So uh, you know we've done one episode so far. You know we've had a lot of fun with it. It seems like people have enjoyed it. So listen, just you know you love listening to Penn State football talk and you love you know the Big Ten. I suggest you tune in and listen. All right, so now uh, there's another element, too. Uh, for those who would hope Matt would be back on the sideline with us this year, Matt is making the move and to start doing some games with BTN. How excited are you about uh, being able to get into that and start opening that door? Yeah, obviously I would have loved to have the opportunity to be, you know, alongside you and Jack there, you know, week in and week out with Penn State and on that sideline. I had so much fun doing that back in 2019. You know, it, it was a completely different atmosphere for me. You know, there, there were no nerves. You know, I was actually got the chance just to stand on the sideline and look around at Beaver Stadium for once and just kind of be able to soak all that in, man. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, look, even going back to when I graduated from Penn State, I, I majored in broadcast journalism. This is something that I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to get involved with. And, you know, for me, I feel like I've been a lot of, around a lot of great players. I've been a lot, around a lot of great coaches throughout my career and, you know, just kind of accumulated all this knowledge for the game, Steve. And I just think it's, you know, uh, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for me just to try to, you know, help people learn and understand the game, um, you know, on, you know, a weekly basis, um, you know, things like that. Because, I mean, as you know, you know, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to play, you know, for Penn State play college football, play NFL football. So I think it'll be, you know, a good chance to try to help those people see, you know, what, what we see as players and as former players. All right, so let's get to Sean Clifford. And who yet you had a chance, especially in twenty nineteen, because you would get out to practices on Wednesday night and you'd see him. Uh Sean is off to a great start in this camp so far. What are a couple of elements that you that Sean in two parts, A needs to take care of and then B needs to build upon for him to have a successful season, which then in turn makes Penn State successful. Well, he needs to take care of the football, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's the most important thing when you're playing the quarterback position. You know, I go back to Bill O'Brien, and, you know, uh, among the number of quotes that <laughs> I still think about that, <laughs> that he used to say, some of them I can't say on the show because, you know, they don't. It, 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 you know, I can't be cursing on the show, basically. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the things he would always say to you is that, you know, when you have the football in your hands, you're carrying the hopes and dreams of the football team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're a quarterback, a running back, whatever it may be, we can't send you out there if we can't trust you with the football in your hands. And I just thought, you know, for a talent like Sean Clifford, too many times last year he put the ball in harm's way. It just seemed like he wasn't comfortable out there. Um, I thought he was chasing reads a lot, right? Looking left to right, right to left, you know, it just didn't, he wasn't settled. It's not the Sean Clifford we saw in 2019. Um, you know, so the turnovers have to go away. You know, they kill momentum, they kill drives. Um, you know, and I thought a lot of times last year he was dwelling on plays, right? You can just, a turnover, a bad play, a bad drive. It just felt like he was running out the next drive, and that was still bothering him. You got to have a short memory as a quarterback. So I think when it comes to that, he's got to get stronger mentally. Um, you know, having the opportunity to see him practice a few times and to see him work, you can see how bad he wants it, right? You can see how hard he works. Um, you can see how talented he is, right? I mean, the guy's a leader. It seems like the players rally around him. So, look, there's no doubt that you know he's going to put himself 
in a position to have success this year because of his work ethic and the way he prepares. He just has to go out and execute. Um, you know, there's 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 no room for error this year, obviously for this Penn State football team and for Sean Clifford, especially the way the season starts out. So, right. but I think I think having Mike Yurchich there this year is massive for Sean Clifford and the rest of that offense. Yeah, no, I think that makes a big difference as well. I mean, I've, I've talked to people, uh, Matt, and I said I've been able to break down Sean Clifford this way. He's had 21 starts in his Penn State career because, you know, people forget the he didn't start the Rutgers game after he got hurt at Ohio State. And in his 21, 21 starts, the first five of, course, of the 2020 season were exactly what you talked about. Turnovers were a problem. So if you split it and you take – the games he started in 19 in the last four games of last season, he had 28 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and Penn State was 14 and two. I think that tells the story right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, right? And, and Steve, so much will play in the quarterback spot, right? What separates the good ones from the bad ones is the ability to do it every single week. Can you have a big game on yeah, Saturday? Right. Regroup prepare and do well again the next Saturday and play well. That's what separates guys. You know, and, and especially, you know, when you get deep into a big ten schedule, man, there there there's 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 no let up. You gotta bring it every single week. It's consistency. And again I go back to Mike Yurchich because you look at his track record, right? Ohio State with Justin Fields, Oklahoma State with, with you know guys like Mason Rudolph, Texas with Sam Ellinger. This guy has a history of preparing his quarterbacks not just to play well not just to dominate at the college level, but to go on and be well-prepared to play at a professional level. So this guy treats you like a professional, um, and he's going to prepare you to play like a professional. You know, And I think that's what Sean Clifford needs right now in his career. All right. Um, now when you look at Penn State, out of the gate with Wisconsin, first game of the season. Then they got Ball State, which Ball State has 20 out of 22 starters back, and nine of those guys are sixth-year players. And then Auburn. How much will we know about Penn State football Sunday morning, September nineteenth? We're gonna need, look. I think we're gonna know everything we need to know through that game at Camp Randall. To be honest with you, Steve. Yeah. I mean, these next few weeks here at training camp, there's there there needs to be a sense of urgency, right? There there is and nothing against these programs, right? But there is no Kent State. Right. There is no Eastern Michigan. Right. You're not playing these teams in weeks one, two, and three to see what you have, to see what you're good at, and to see what you need work on. There, There is no room to see which one of your five running backs should be getting the bulk of the carry. That needs to be ironed out right now throughout this training camp. I really do think, Steve, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, uh, Penn State runs in the tunnel at halftime, and, and we know exactly where they are as a football program and as an offense. Um you know, and you mentioned Wisconsin, Ball State, and Auburn. I mean, that's about as tough as it gets for the first three weeks of the season. I mean, yeah. Look again. I've said. I just said it earlier. There's no room for error, right? They need to be dialed in. They need to be on. They need to be focused. Um, they need to come out the gate hot. Yeah, no question. And a lot of that's going to. You know, I want to ask you about Jahan Dotson. You worked around and have seen a lot of really good wide receivers. When you look at Jahan Dotson, I said this to him on Saturday, and I said, Jahan, I said, I know you're working really hard, but my goodness, you make it look easy. What is it about guys that are that fluid, Matt, 
And what does it mean to a quarterback that they've got somebody like that that when they need it, they can find it? Oh, I mean, it just makes your confidence that much stronger as a quarterback, knowing that you've got a guy like Jahad Dotson, you know, as an outlet, you know, as somebody that, listen, I'm struggling, man. I need a completion. I need to find Jahan on this play. All right, I, I need to throw him a slant round. I need to throw him a quick out just to get a completion, right? I can trust this guy. He's going to be open on this play, you know, because I need to get myself feeling good. I need to start moving this offense. So let's find Jahan. And, you know, for me, Steve, when you have a guy like Jahad Dotson, um, you know, uh, uh, the last thing you want to do is lock in on him, right? You know, right. don't let don't let how good he is determine where you're going to throw the football every single play, right? Right. So so much about playing the quarterback position is understanding coverage and understanding where to go with the football, depending on that coverage. Um, you know, so uh, continue to play within that offensive system and play within the play. Let it let look. It's up to Mike Yurchich to put Jahad Donson in those positions. Let him play the X. Let him play the Z. Put him in a slot at times, right? Use pre-snap motion to get this guy open. Build plays around him. He's good enough. He's going to find himself getting open time after time. But as a quarterback, um, you know, still go through your progression, still eliminate routes and concepts, you know, pre-snap read, um, you know, and, and there's going to be pressure on him. Teams are going to be focused on him, right? They're going to, they're going to cloud his side. They're going to roll coverage. They're going to double team him. But it's up to guys like Parker Washington now to capitalize on that. And who else will, you know, that number three wide receiver be at Penn State? Right. We don't know yet. Somebody's going to need to step up. A big part of sports to me now, I don't care whether it's a baseball field, a soccer pitch, football, basketball. To me, as I have watched more and more games, I think a lot of it's about space. Can you create space openings? And you mentioned Mike Yurcich, right? his ability as an offense coordinator, I think one of the great abilities he has with his offense is he creates space. I thought Bill O'Brien did a great job with that. He asked me one day about that in practice, and you were you were in practice. What do you think? And I said, you create space all over the field. As a quarterback, was that always one of the big things that you thought about with that offense, and it's important to an offense of creating openings and space? Sure, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, too, Steve, when when you're creating that space, you got to help out as a quarterback. You yes. throw guys open, throw to spots, right? You, you, you're not thrown to where a guy is. You need to trust that you know where he's going, and you need to throw where he's going to be, right? It's up to him to be able to create that separation and create that space because guess what, man? Like I was just talking about, depending on coverage, you're a pretty good chance you're getting the ball here. <laughs> yeah, right. So. You know, and like you could go back to Bill O'Brien and stuff like that. You know, a lot of times when he would design a play or would he design a pass concept, um, you know, they'd be full progression reads and, and, and things like that. Um, and what I mean by that is you may have a big, you may be working right side. You know, you may have a big post route concept with a big deep cross coming in and then a big in backside. You know, a lot of times you let routes run into your vision. Um, you know, so again, it's, it's look, it's tough to explain this over the well, phone, right? It'd be easier, right. It'd be easier if we were sitting in a room with a dry erase. Well, uh, it's one thing because you could say it to me, and I know what you're talking about because I see it every day. I mean, for a fan, exactly. maybe not. I mean, that, and I understand exactly. Exactly what you're saying, but you're just trying to. I mean, I don't care whether it's a, a pick. That's what the defense would call it, or a rub. Those are done to create openings. <laughs> okay, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and a lot of like a lot of times, a lot, like 
these past concepts, these routes and things like that are, there's, they're, they're all coverage beaters, right? You, you may have a big post, the big post in the route versus a cover four or, right. you know, a cover six look. And, but a lot of times if it's post eight, that post is just running through, get the corner out of there, get the post safety out of there. And you got a big chance of throwing the deep over or the backside in coming in, which what I was talking about earlier, letting that run into your vision. That way you're not scanning and looking all over the field. Um, you know, I, I think that is what, you know, creating that separation, um, you know, is what we're talking about, right? And I think Mike Yurchich's system seems like, you know, it, it's got a lot of things like that in there. Man, look, this isn't—he's not going to be checking the football down every play, right? right? We, we know what his—we we know what his history as a play caller has been. He's, he wants to push the football down the field, right? Create explosive plays in the pass game, right? Get chunks of yardage. Um, and again, Clifford has the talent and he has the ability. He has the accuracy to do that. He's a good decision maker. Um, you know, so again, I go, I, I go back to Mike Gertrich, man. It's kind of similar to what I had my last year with Bill O'Brien, you know, uh, as, you know, to where he, Sean Clifford has a really, really good chance of going out there, you know, this season and playing at a high level and being prepared to dominate week in and week out. So once again, the podcast, it'll be, uh, how can people access the podcast, Matt? And it, it, you're going to do this, uh, it's going to be available every Monday, correct? Yeah, every Monday at 9 a.m. we'll be releasing a new podcast. You know, the, the show usually runs about 45 minutes, you know, to an hour. Um, again, talking all things Penn State football, all things Big Ten football. Um, you know, right now, Steve, obviously talking a lot about training camp. Yep. Um, you know, things Penn State is great at right now, things they need to work on um, over the next few weeks, position battles, and then once we start to get into the season, we'll go into you know game analysis, breakdown, um, we'll preview opponents, um, you know, we'll start talking a lot about that, so, and you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, right, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, check it out on our uh, Twitter, check it out on our Instagram, again, if you're a fan of Penn State, Penn State football, you're a fan of the Big Ten. I suggest you take a listen. You know, we're trying to have a lot of fun doing it, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty good so far. Matt, always awesome. You know that. Hey, thanks, Steve. Anytime. Matt McGloin, back with more after this. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. And you are indeed listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us this afternoon. Ben Boma joins us on the show tomorrow. I think you'll find him to be fascinating to listen to. He works he he works behind the scenes, but is greatly appreciated by 
the people he works with. He's on the Monday Night Football crew with Steve Levy. He's on the NFL Fox crew with Kenny Albert. He is on the NHL crew with Kenny Albert, but also may very well be working also with Sean McDonough on the hockey crew for ESPN. Uh, I think you'll find Ben to be fascinating. That will be on tomorrow's show. Ruben Frank, final half hour. Eagles Steelers coming up tonight. You already heard from Chris Mack at the Pittsburgh point of view. Now we're going to get the Philadelphia point of view. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Fabulous sales staff. Service department is just outstanding. Look, service isn't like, oh, I did something major. Yeah, they can take care of that. But it's also keeping up with the routine that keeps the vehicle on the road for many miles to come. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kier, it's 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. And congratulations to everybody at the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament, raising $25,000 for the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Phillies did win today, salvaged the final game of the series, beat the Dodgers 2-1. The Mets won the opener over the Nationals 4-1 and lead the nightcap 2-0 in the top of the fifth. A's beat Cleveland, or lead Cleveland 17-0 bottom of the ninth. Brewers lead the Cubs 9-1 at Wrigley in the bottom of the fifth. Orioles have jumped out to a one nothing lead bottom of the second at Camden over the Tigers. Red Sox raise scoreless at Fenway bottom of the second. Rangers lead the Mariners one nothing bottom of the second, and the uh, Cardinals beat the Pirates seven to six to sweep that series. Yankees White Sox tonight at Dyersville in Iowa. With that, we now bring in Ruben Frank, NBC Sports Philly. Ruben, how you been? Hey Steve, how's it going? It's going really well. So let's get to the wonderful world of Eagles football. Uh, so what's the word so far on what kind it, – look, it's this is not a Doug Peterson camp. So what kind of camp is Nick Soriano running? Yeah, it's really different, uh, actually, in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of really fundamental ways. The practices are shorter, um, but they're very fast-paced, very efficient. They're getting a lot done. Uh, I think one of the big differences is Nick's first-team offense always works against first-team defense. That's something you never see in the NFL. Usually the ones go against the twos, and then the threes will go against the threes. So it's really been interesting to watch. They're getting 
better snaps, I think it makes it a little tougher for the offense. This is a young, uh, inexperienced offense going against a pretty veteran, uh, accomplished defense, and it's tough for them to get uh, good work sometimes. But, uh, you know, guys are getting better. It's just hard to see sometimes because they're going up against uh, a pretty good first defense. So um, those are some of the big differences. They don't pad up all that much, uh, I believe, three days so far. Uh, you're allowed to do three days in a row and then three days off and then another three days. So they haven't used all those days. You're allowed to go two and a half hours and they're not using, or, or four total hours, including a walkthrough. They're not using all that time. Uh, but they're long days when you when you look at the film work and the, and the meetings and all that stuff, uh, individual work on the side. Um, I think this is the wave of the future in the NFL is getting guys off their feet and keeping them healthy and and trying to be ready mentally and then doing as much as you need to do physically. Uh, but these are very short practices, and we'll see you know, if, it, if it pays off. We'll see how ready this team is on, on opening day. I completely agree with that assessment, that I think it's the wave of the future in the NFL, that you'll go with shorter practices. If you're going at a quick pace in a practice, that actually in some ways not only shortens the practice, but also quick. it also is good on the conditioning end of it, and I think the players don't realize that sometimes. Yeah, no question, and that's really that's a big part of staying healthy too. Is is going out there and being, you know, being fit and 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 ready for that pace. Uh, I also think the joint practices are a wave of the future, and they have uh, Eagles yeah. have the Patriots coming in on Monday and Tuesday, and then the Jets uh, the following week, Tuesday and Wednesday, up in Florham Park. So uh, I think those those workouts with other teams are really valuable, you know, because they're kind of controlled preseason games. You, you can pick what you want to work out on, pick the situations, and still go against another team and, and get good work that way. So, uh, these are all because I think this is probably the last year of three preseason games. I think we'll be down to two by next year or the year after. Um, right. So, teams have to find new ways to get guys ready, and I, I think the joint practices are uh, are going to be big uh, coming into the future. Ruben, I don't know about you, but I think as a coaching staff, they probably get more out of the joint practices than they would a preseason game anyway. Do you share that? Yeah, I do. And actually, uh, I remember Doug Peterson saying how, you know, if if we want to work on on goal line, goal line offense, we might not get a single goal line snap in a preseason game. Uh, but if we're doing joint practices, I can sit down with whoever it is, Bill Belichick or, or whoever, and we can say, let's work on, on goal line, and we can do 12 reps uh, of it. Um, you know, and you can go live. So, uh, yeah, you don't know what the down and distance are going to be. I do think there's still something to be gained from preseason games and, and the, the kind of instantaneous decisions you have to make as far as down and distance and clock management and, and just not knowing what's happening. But uh, there's definitely value to the to the joint practices. I, I I enjoy them. They're they're probably more fun to watch than preseason games. Yeah, yeah, they probably are. And there's another element too. You mentioned ones versus ones, or as a coach would say, good on good. Mm-hmm. Uh, iron sharpens iron. A veteran coach, in my opinion, would do that probably more and more, like you're talking about. But then once in a while, just for a confidence level throw twos versus ones just to give the offense a little more of like, hey, it works. Yeah. Yeah, well, we haven't seen that and and it'll be interesting to see if we do. Um, different way of looking at things and I think sometimes when you have 
you know, when you have a new coach, a rookie coach, um, he doesn't fall into the old traps of this is the way it's always been done, so we're just going to do it that way because that's how everyone's always done it. You, know, you can have a guy come in and and look at things with a fresh eye, and hey, we're going to, you know, we're we're going to meet more, we're going to watch more film, but we're going to shorten practice or we're going to do more individual work after practice. They, he's got the young guys practicing for ten or twelve minutes after practice is over so the veterans go in and the young guys stay out and do a few more drills so there's there's all the new twists and when you have a new coach you know, this guy has spent his whole life wondering how am I going to do it if I ever become a head coach and now he's implementing all those all those thoughts he developed I'll be honest with you I like the approach actually I think it's actually a very yeah. smart approach I really do uh, and if you're a veteran you love being a veteran, saying, you know, and I can play for this guy. I think you do little subtle things like that where the younger guys need more time and the veterans go in, where you win over a locker room to seeing things your way because he bent your way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for a rookie coach, a guy that nobody knows, I mean, you guys never heard of Nick Sirianni uh, six months ago. Um, that's the biggest thing is winning over the Brandon Gramps and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Brooks and Jason Kelsey's, and he's done that. I mean, these guys love him. I mean, you know, you're a 33 year old six time Pro Bowl. You don't want to be out there for three hours in 90 degree heat, <laughs> killing yourself day after day. Um, so, you know, I think I think that's something he really focused on. You know, they had this meeting early on with with the veterans about mini camps because the Eagles said we're not we're not going to participate. The, the union tried to get them to. You know, boycott all the mini camps, and he called a couple of the veterans. And said, "Look, why don't you come in? We'll do some shortened practices. We'll do some meetings, and we'll get you guys out of here." And they're okay. And and that's by that's how you went over the veterans by by listening, mm-hmm. by being honest, uh, by being consistent, and by compromising and 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 listening to these guys. And he's done that. Great point. Uh, now, Ruben, I was going to wonder about Jalen Hurts. What has the learning curve been for him in terms of what you have seen in the practices so far? Because obviously, as you mentioned, it's been good on good. Yeah, he's he's getting better every day, and he's got a lot to work on. But, boy, he's fun to watch. And he's an incredibly bright kid, um, grounded, mature, uh, incredible outlook, hard worker, um, He's got a good arm, uh, you know. He's I think he's out there running a new offense, running new plays with new receivers. And they don't have a wide receiver with a hundred career catches. They they don't have one established wide receiver on the team, so it's not coming easy for him all the time. And you know, there's a lot of times where the offense can't get into a rhythm, but um, he's getting better. He I think he's thrown the ball pretty well for the most part. Um, he's got things to work on, but I, I'm excited. And the thing about a quarterback like him. I, I think when you're a running quarterback and that's a big part of your game, that's not gonna that's not gonna show in practice because he's out there running the play. And his mindset is not, well if I take off here I can get seventeen yards. His mindset is here's where I need to go with the ball. So I, I remember the the Ravens were up here a few years ago and Lamar Jackson had the the worst practices I've ever seen. He couldn't do anything. We thought he was gonna we thought he was going to get benched and he ended up being the MVP because, you know, the, the Lamar Jackson on game day is not the guy who's out there running, okay, this is the play, I'm going to run this play, I'm going to run this rep the way it's supposed to be. So being with a with a, a quarterback who uses his legs like Jalen Hurts, you're not going to see the, the finished product in practice. But um, he's getting better, um, he's smart. Uh, I'm excited to see him once the season starts. 
And here's the reason why, Ruben. Uh, the, the reason why is it, when I explain it, it's going to be as simple as anybody, because you and I have been to a lot of – I mean, I may be going to college practices every day. You're, you're seeing pro practices every day. But the quarterback gets tagged off in practice. In the yeah. game, you actually have to tackle him. Right? And yeah. that's where that's where to me the big difference is because the defenses aren't used to something like boom boom he's darting all over the place, and instead of you just reaching out and tagging off, you actually have to grab him and get him to the ground. Yeah, it's funny that um, the defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni are they they bicker all the time after practice. They score every play. Who won this play? So there's a lot of plays where. You know, it hurts his. They they think he the defense thinks hey we tackled him and the, and and Sirianni's like no he he would have gotten out of that so it's kind of a funny little running joke about who won each play and there's there's no way to tell because who knows if he would have you know gotten through that tackle or not but uh, it, you know it, it's it's such a good point I mean it's it's a different game I and mean, practice you're, it is it's a completely different mindset than once you get in the game and anything goes whatever I can do to move the chains. Devontae Smith has been out for a few days. Uh, when he was out there, A, what did you think of him? And B, how important will it be for him to get back ASAP just to get a real feel for what the offense actually is? Yeah, he, he only practiced three days, and, and he got hurt on the fourth day. So we didn't see a whole lot of him. Um, none of those practices were padded. Uh, but he looked fine. He looked like what you'd expect from – Heisman Trophy winner and the guy who caught whatever, 100, 114 whatever it was, passes <laughs> last year. Uh, he looks yeah. great, and he's just a man among boys. You can just see, you know, just watching him, even on the sideline, he, he just kind of has that aura about him of a of a superstar. I think he's going to be a special player, uh, but you're right, he's missing valuable time. Uh, he's been out now for you know, a week and a half, and he has been doing individual work. He started on uh, Tuesday. We saw him on the side or Monday doing some work. He's running. He looks fine running. And I think he's healthy, and I think they're being careful with him. Um, there's two weeks between the last preseason game and the opener, so I would think as long as he's out there for those two weeks, um, he'll, he'll be okay. But, uh, yeah, he needs to work with Jalen. I mean, they played together one year. Uh, at Alabama, but that was three years ago, and it's a different offense, and they're, they've both grown up a lot. So they got a lot of work to do to get where they need to be. Now, we all know, Ruben, he is slight of stature. Uh, and when I watched Ohio State play, and, of course, you know, I've done enough Ohio State games, so I have a pretty good idea of their personnel. When I watched Ohio State play at Alabama in the championship game, Alabama was smart. They played Smith in the slot. But they never once got a piece of him off the line of scrimmage he had free release the NFL you and I both know doesn't operate that way is there any concern at all on stature or is he just so quick and so skilled that that's not going to matter to him in terms of the release off the line of scrimmage yeah, well, you know, my dad used to teach at Ohio State, so I, I grew up in Columbus. So I'm, I probably shouldn't even say that on your show, but that's, that's oh, uh, please, that's great, <laughs> that's great. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm an original Buckeye, but uh, yeah, so that's really something that the coaches have singled out with him is is you know in in many camps in the first few days just how decisive and and quick and uh, you know I mean he's not going to run over a corner. Um, who you know who's up in press coverage, but um, it, his ability to get that first step um, is is really something. So, um, but yeah, you know, playing 
real NFL cornerbacks week after week. We'll see, and that's something he's got to prove he can do. Um, and, and I think that's that's really the biggest question of any young wide receiver that comes into the NFL. I mean, you don't see that. You know, you, you don't you don't see that kind of coverage in college, and for the most part, um, maybe in the SEC you do because those guys are all first round picks. But um, <laughs> that's what he's got to prove, uh, and and we'll see. I think that's kind of unanswered, but so far he's been impressive in in his in his releases. By the way, Ohio State's play-by-play guy Paul Keels. He and I are really good friends, so we're okay. <laughs> we're all we're all good, Rube. Ruben, it is always great to have you on because your insight is invaluable. I feel like now we've seen the camp through your eyes and have a real good feel for it. Thank you so much for your time. Anytime. You got it. Ruben Frank joining us, NBC Sports Philly. We'll come back, wrap up in a moment, brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on this Thursday. Ben Boma joins us tomorrow on the show. King's on the show tomorrow as well. Looking forward to it. And a pleasure to be with you today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Don't forget to join Mark Lawrence tomorrow morning. Get up to date on everything that's going on around the area and a chance to talk as well and get your opinions out there. It is all at uh, right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Dan Patrick as well. Fabulous show every day. We are 15 days away from the high school football opener. We'll have for you Shikalimi and Central Mountain here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Just 15 days away. And that's how close we are. Now, the weather's finally going to break this weekend. Uh, if you're wondering about the, um, you know, what this is doing to get ready for a season and so forth, uh, James has not changed practice. I think they moved it back a little bit last night. But it's interesting because with Haluba Hall, they're not practicing inside of it, but Haluba Hall casts enough of a shadow as the afternoon goes where you can do some work actually in shade. Which helps. Uh, today, today's hot, but it's not as hot as it was supposed to be. It is ninety here. It was supposed to be ninety-five. Tomorrow's high was supposed to be ninety-six. Now it's going to be ninety again. That five or six degrees makes a big deal, a big difference. Because guess what? When they get back to work on Saturday, it's going to be eighty. And when they go to scrimmage on Sunday. It's going to be in the uh, mid to upper 70s. So that's a dramatic difference. And we're not, and from this point on, we're not going to be at the 90 degree mark any longer. Uh, and that's something that, in terms of getting rates, because look, I mean, it's going to be 79 Saturday, 75 Sunday, 75 Monday, 77 Tuesday, 77 Wednesday, and so forth. That's the way it's going to be. There's, it, it's not going to get to 90 after tomorrow. And that bodes well for football practice and the ability to get work done. The ability to get work done. Plus, not only that, they did have Tuesday off when it was hot. They already then that was planned. I said to a couple things to a couple people yesterday. I said, you know, this is an important practice tonight. I said it's a milestone practice. I said, what do you mean? I said last year they had four practices, and then on that off day, that Tuesday, 
is the day that the Big Ten announced that they were not going to play. So everything shut down. I said, by getting through the first four, the off day and practicing right now, I said, they're way ahead of where they were last year. And they are off to, by the way, a very, very good start in practice. This is a very together team with good leadership. And if you notice last year, I never really talked about that. Um, you know, there are certain elements in watching, and I want to see how it goes. You know, with the with the practices and a couple of scrimmages still to come. But something I look for in in preseason practice are there enough times where the defense wins, and are there enough times where the offense wins? There have been some years, for example, where it's been all defense, defense, defense. And guess what? The offense struggled during the course of seasons. I can tell you that. Last year, I never talked about that. There's a reason. Because last year, I felt in the preseason leading up, the offense did some good things, but you could see that they were still fighting it a bit early in the year. And you could see that in the preseason. I'm not seeing that right now. We'll see, though, how the, the couple of scrimmages work out. But when they've done, as we I just said to Ruben, good on good, the defense has had some wins, and the offense has had some wins. That, to me, is always a good sign. That, to me, is always a good sign. I'm not going to get into specifics about what they're doing in players and things like that, because you know it's under the category not allowed to talk about it. But there have been times where the offense has had wins and times where the defense has had wins. That's usually one of the first signs that I, I look at that give me an indication that this is a good camp. They're off to a good start. Now they need to sustain it. And it's always one. Of the, and then, of course, the primary element out of all. I think this can be a good team. One of the keys to making sure that this is a good team and a good season is keep going out there with the same players you started with. In other words, stay away from injuries. We just talked to Ruben about Devontae Smith with the Eagles, rookie that's missing some valuable time right now, but he'll be able to make it up. I mean, Smith's a worker. I mean, he is a worker. But you want to make sure you're getting in all the reps that you need. And James' practice is smart. He's always put in enough walkthroughs. He's always putting out. He's not. He doesn't overpractice. He's very smart about how he goes about it. Always has been, and it's been the same with this team. Ben Bowman tomorrow, the King tomorrow, and the weekend after that. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.